do you consider yourself normal? Then this is not the show for you. Please go somewhere else. This is WYRD. If it's getting weird, it's got to be the Weird Mountain Gals show. Listening to Byron and Alicia, the Weird Mountain Gals. Did you hear that? Can you hear me? Can you hear me now? I can hear you. I can definitely hear you. So, you know what? I wish you on the on the cottage door that's what i wish oh yeah that just didn't work out this week did it Mm-mm. if 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 we both had a little bit more time and you were knocking on the cottage door we could be getting ready to go out and scout for some shrooms if you know what i mean out oh the- i do i tell you i was so thrilled um tuesday i think it was no it must have been monday uh, I went out in the back and the uh, ramps were up here at this house. So oh, yeah. I know they're up at, up at, d- down, up, down, up, up, <laughs> that they are up, up on Weird Mountain. Oh, it yeah. took me a while, didn't it? Yeah. <laughs> yes. So what that means to me is bring on the good eating. Bring it on. Uh-huh. This is the start of food season, uh, from the woods, that is, food season. Because we oh, do, yes, um, yes, ma'am. Oh, yeah. Um, do you ever do fiddleheads? Do you ever eat them? Well, sometimes. It's, they're not my favorite. I mean, you know me, I will eat anything. But, um, but if I have a choice, I would rather them become ferns and I enjoy their beauty than eat um, them. Okay. Yeah. I mean, yeah, they're all right, but... Uh. Well, I mean, they're plentiful. And basically, from what I understand, you can go anywhere in the country that has some woods and find them. Yeah, but you know, the problem with that is this. People are so damn stupid that they're plentiful now. You know what used to be plentiful? Ginseng? Yeah. You know what used to be plentiful? Golden seal, blood yep. root. Because mm-hmm. people go, well, it's just everywhere. Why don't I just dig up this giant ass clump as big as a bushel basket? Because nobody's going to miss that. Yeah. Right. Well, thank oh, you. Yeah. Thank oh. you, you selfish bastard. Crow is, it out. That's true, though. It's so true. Man, if they could just do that three, three to one philosophy thing where you can take up to three, you know, three quarters of it and then leave the other one. What did I say? Three to one? Huh? Well, yeah, it ought to be the other way around. You leave three quarters of it and you take just a little bit. <laughs> well, that a be, selfish bastard. Well, that'd be wonderful if it could happen, but I don't see it ever happening. I think nope. we're just going to be hunted. I think all the good stuff is just going to get hunted down and eventually it'll it'll only be cultivated if you can find it at all. Well, you know, and now it's cool. Oh, what do you do? Oh, I'm a forager. Oh, and there's books about that. So they'll tell you how to do it, but nobody does it the way you're supposed to do it, which is leave most of the damn product there and take what you need and leave the rest. It's not being taught. 
You're right. But no, because I could go to the tailgate market and sell that and make a little bit of money. You could also get a damn job and get off your lazy ass and make some money, too. Oh, bitter. I started out in the morning bitter, didn't I? Yeah, don't mince words, Byron. What do you really think? Tell us what you really think. Too many people here. There's too many people. There are too many people. Uh, and that's yes. why the, the ginseng and the morels and the ramps and the blood root, none of that has any chance. It's just going to get hunted right out. People don't care. People think they're the only one. People yep. think, oh, I'm only one person and I'm taking such and such. That noise you hear is the, the cat dog jumping out of the window. He wants attention. <laughs> Crazy little cat dog. Yeah, I'm sure he'll be slapping at the screen anytime now going, meow, meow, meow. <laughs> what he is, oh, let me tell you. I'm going to change the subject, but let me tell you what he's done. You know, last night we had some fairly severe weather. Yes, we did. Dramatic. <laughs> yep. And at one point we had tornado warnings flashing just everywhere. We had some very dramatic wind and very dramatic thunderstorms and stuff like that. And it was just a little here, a little there, but it was, you know, it's pretty potent storm. This cat acted scared yesterday and especially towards the evening. He got nervous. I mean, huh. it's, it was just, it was a little odd because it, yeah, it just was a little odd. I've never seen him act like that. And he had Randy pretty upset because Randy didn't know why he was acting like that. And uh, I, I told him, because I had just gotten in, and I said, well, maybe it's this horrible weather that we've got coming in. At that point, there was a tornado warning for our county. So, uh, you know, and he said, well, maybe, I guess maybe that was what it is. So we may have a weather cat. Oh, that'd be good. We had dramatic weather, but we didn't have a tornado warning. I guess y'all are flatter than we are, though, maybe a little bit. Well, you know, we're closer to the South Carolina area, too. And so I imagine you, that makes a difference. Are you saying that South Carolina just naturally draws more storms in North Carolina? <laughs> Is that what you're saying to me? I think maybe, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I, I didn't know what I you were going to say. Why, why don't... Uh, why don't, well, I'd love to hear from our South Carolina listeners. So do y'all get more storms than we do? What is it? What causes that, you reckon? They, no, I, <laughs> I remember Bob Caldwell used to talk about how the mountain range here would break up storms. A storm would be rolling one way or another and it gets to the mountains and just kind of break up. So we're lucky, real lucky. In well, that. but also we've cut a bunch of stuff through the mountains. Yeah, true. And so we, we've uh, we put cracks in that fortress wall. How's that? Yeah. yeah, we've changed the landscape for sure. It's a little sad. It's a lot but, sad, but, you know, we bitch about that every damn week. Yeah. Don't so, we? <laughs> as far as I know, we bitch about that and pe people moving in and, and the rude way that certain people act. <laughs> most of that we cut out though because we're polite we don't want people to be disillusioned with us <laughs> uh with us or with this place i think yes. they're already disillusioned with that <laughs> yeah maybe 
again with the politeness, what I mean. Uh (laughs) I'm getting less polite as I get older. That's my thing. It's hilarious. It's hilarious. It's fabulous because you're, you're not a mean person. Okay. You're not, but when you, when you're mad about something, I could just sit there and listen. It just rolls off your tongue. It's like, it must've been there for a while. (laughs) I did that to poor old Arjuna. You know, he's painting the house here. I did that to Arjuna. Ah, Monday or Tuesday, I guess he was, uh, we're drinking coffee because we always have to drink coffee before he gets started. And and he said something. And I just, I literally slammed my palm down on the table. And I said, that is not true. And now I'm going to tell you why. Blah, 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 blah. And he was like, well, I, I guess I never thought of that before. Huh. Well, there you go. <laughs> and then he was like, he's up there, Miss Ballard. <laughs> <laughs> and then he was like, I better go do some painting. Yeah. Time to do some painting. You don't want to scare him. I mean, he's got that so good personality. He, he's got that musician personality. Very he, well, <laughs> He's seen a lot. He's hard to scare, I think, at this point. <laughs> well, that's good. You found the right person to help you out, didn't you? <laughs> Well, you reckon it's spring for true? Yeah, we're going to have a couple more cold spells, but yeah, it's been spring. And I'm so excited. And I can't help but get in a better mood about it. I mean, I just. Yeah, because I've been out in the garden working, and that always makes me happier. Hmm. Um, You know, that thing we used to always say when we were kids spring has sprung, the grass is rears. I wonder where the flowers is. Yeah. My friend, my friend Connie. Hey, Connie. My friend hey, Connie God. has a variation on it. She says, "Spring is sprung, the grass is riz. I wonder where my sweetheart is." <laughs> yeah, and if she knew, if if her sweetheart was like me or Selby or something, she wouldn't have to ask that question, would she? Because we're You're in the woods, out in the woods. If you don't see me and you don't hear from me, that would be why I'm out in the woods. Mm can't wait i just oh, i'm so excited we've got a go, cold weekend when you going out? oh yeah when you when are you gonna go out i gotta talk to him today and find out what his schedule looks like but i imagine i'll go out saturday morning if i get my chores done you want to mm-hmm. go come on no 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 i've got i've got all that stuff to get in the ground i've got to put some soil more soil in my potato beds and all that stuff. I got to get the garden in this weekend. It's late. You know, I should have had my brassicas in three weeks ago. So I meant to tell you, we don't, the cottage does not have a groundhog. But I went over there to water plants last week. Uh huh. We have a raccoon running around the backyard. Well, they're unlikely to move into the basement, though. They don't like that kind of territory. So. Yeah, raccoons yeah. are all right. I mean, I think they're funny, but not in the house. They eat any of your garden? Well, yeah, but I ain't putting a garden down there. So, okay. you know, I'll grow, I'll grow some onions and a couple of tomatoes probably, but I'm not ready to garden down there because I'm not there all the time. 
Okay. Because there's also deer, you know, the thing I'd worry about would not be the raccoons who would take a little bit here and a little bit there. It's the deer that would come in and graze it all to the ground. I, we never see more than maybe four or five at a time. But, and usually, oh, it is, but it's pretty consistent. There's evidently a trail that goes through your property and it yep. comes out there on the road. And I don't know where they go from there, but yeah, I like yeah, it. It goes up the mountain and then I reckon they forage out from there. Speaking of foraging. Yeah. <laughs> yes. And of course, this is a time of year when I, I remember why I don't like turkeys in the woods. They're loud. They step on everything and they hunt morels. Oh, oh no. I didn't yep. know that. Oh yeah. It's their treat. I remember the year that I went, we had a little honey hole and I went up there to check on them because I, I had checked on them a couple of days before and I knew what state they were in. And I came across about three or four turkeys chowing down on my honey hole. And I was like, oh my God. <laughs> oh no. They can, they can have the black trumpets if they want, which they do. They can have the chanterelles if they want, which they do. But they should just walk from those wrinkly morels. But no, they won't. Mm, chanterelles. Yeah. They're my favorite. I like are morels. They? They're good. But I think chan chanterelles are my favorite. Really? Of okay. what I've had. Yeah. Well, that's cool. I think a lot of it depends on how it's cooked as far as oh, the mushroom yeah. goes. And one of the things about morels is the texture. It has kind of a meaty, meaty texture to it. Yeah, and a yeah lot like, of them, a, like a portobello does. Mm -hmm. it, it's denser than most mushrooms. Yes, most definitely. And it is very flavorful, very flavorful. So. Yes. I've, I've, uh, I've still got the very first morel I ever found. Oh, it hardened up and it didn't rot. It just hardened up. So it's like huh. a little morel stone. It's pretty. <laughs> it looks just like a morel, which it is. And I'm thinking about having it electroplated or maybe encased and turn it into a necklace. Oh, that would be so cute. Well, I'm, I just, I think I would like to do that. This is the time Selby's got that kind of twinkle in his eye and our <laughs> thoughts, our thoughts move into morel territory. There's a morel song that the band does. It, that's what it's called, the morel song. So y'all, if you're anywhere out around Kentucky or wherever where there's a morel festival, just want to let you know that my band has got a morel song. We use it when we're hunting. We call the morels. <laughs> And that you could be, in fact, booked to come to their festival and do that song. Yes, we can be at, at a fairly low rate, I would say, all things <laughs> considered. <laughs> Though at this point, Lord have mercy, you got to you got to at least cover your gas. Yeah, you're not kidding. But we'll just all hop in the Scooby-Doo van and, you know, make it one vehicle and go. It's been it's been so long since since I've done that. I think it was like Tennessee, and would have been three years ago before the pandemic. We just all hopped into the Scooby Doo van and off we went. We went <laughs> it was a place. It was uh, the Can Joe John show or something like that. He was oh like, my gosh! I'm he's my friend on Facebook. I love Can Joe John. 
okay, well, that was who it was. We were there doing our little current residence thing. So funny. You'll have to go. So next time we do something like that, and then you can meet him face to face. He's the nicest fella. Is he? Mm-hmm. He seems, he doesn't do a lot on Facebook, but he seems nice. Oh, he is. So, you know, I don't actually have any real travel stories to tell today, but I understand that you do. You've been traveling. Well, uh, last Wednesday was a week ago. I took off for Florida, northern Florida, a place called Bell, Florida. It's north and kind of west in the state. Uh, to do a festival, and it was uh, a long drive, as you know, it's usually about eight and a half hours, but the traffic was terrible in every direction, so it took, and then I stopped to have lunch at the Zaxby's, so I didn't get there, I mean, I left at, you know, but o'clock in the morning, Um, and I got there before dark, which was, you know, I always like to arrive wherever I'm arriving before dark, it just gives me a sense of security. Yeah. So I finally got there almost 10 hours, well, nine and a half hours later. And they had set up a little tent for me with a big old giant queen size blow up mattress, which was way more than I needed. But, you know, I appreciated the sentiment. So I stayed up pretty late, I guess, talk, you know, seeing people I hadn't seen in three years, two years, talking and all that, went to bed. Next morning, got up and got my merchandise booth set up and went to one class on making tink- on making salves, and they closed the festival down because the, la- the property owners did not get the proper permits for the event, though they thought they had. And so the sheriff came, shut the thing down. So, wow. And everybody had to be out of there by the next morning. Oh, and I just so. looked around. I just looked around and I thought, I don't I don't love the idea of getting back in that damn car and driving another nine hours home today after doing it yesterday. Uh, but I don't know that I want to sleep outside just to get up in the morning at but o'clock and drive. So I yeah. just I packed up my clothes and my food and my put my merchandise all away because I just set up my booth. Um, and, you know, kissed everybody goodbye and hit the road. And I went up to Valdosta, Georgia. Uh, Valdosta. Uh, and I stayed in a very nice comfort inn. And they treated like me like royalty. And I had me some blackened fish for supper. And then I contacted my friends in Marietta, the famous uh, banjo player, James McKinney and his bass playing wife, Nikki, and said, you know, I'm, I, my festival got canceled. I'm not expected home till Sunday. Can I come see you? So mm-hmm. I moved in on them for two days. It was good. And we, they played music. I sang a little bit. It was good. It was good. And I drove home from Marietta on Sunday. And, you know, that's not a bad drive. That's not even four hours, three and a half hours, something like that. And I went Sunday. straight up from, from Marietta up, I don't remember what road it is. It goes through Dalton and Dillard and all that. And then hooked up with 40 and took 40 home. That's just, that was just bizarre, but it ended up being bizarrely cool. I love those kind yeah. of stories. It's kind yeah. of tra- travel accidents. 
Yeah, and it was, but it wasn't an accident, which is good. Except that I had the thrill of, I had my oil change before I left, and they must not have reset the little button. Yeah. So I'm tooling up towards Dillard, Georgia, where, you know, on a Sunday, so ain't nothing open except maybe the occasional convenience store. And the uh, required maintenance light came on on the dashboard. I thought, son of a gun. They didn't turn that thing, because it only comes on, really, when you're, when you need to have an oil change, just is an it really is an idiot light. So I got to go take the car back to where they did the oil change and say, would you just I don't know, push that button, whatever the hell you have to do, because I know there's nothing wrong with it. It's anyway, e- it's supposed to be easy to reset those lights. I don't know what it is. I think they just forgot because when I was having my oil change, they found a mouse nest in one of my filters, and we were all laughing about that. He yep. said, you haven't driven that this car was... in a while, have you? And I said, no, I have driven this car in a while. So I've been yeah. driving around with little mouse, little mouse babies or whatever in my car. Of oh, course, wow. God, them damn mice, they are <sighs> everywhere. You know, that will actually mess with your car pretty bad. Yeah, because they'll chew on the wires. Yeah, they sure yep. will. Uh, I so can... I've got all sorts of uh, remedies because I posted it, you know, on social media. I've got all sorts of remedies. My favorite is Irish spring soap. It's just carve that up and put it all around. They hate it. Oh, well, who sure. doesn't hate it? Who doesn't hate that smell? How much time have you got? <laughs> you know, exactly. Exactly. That's a lot of time. And I've heard uh, diatomaceous earth. Again. Well, where do you put it? Where do you put it? In your filter? I don't think so. In, I know. Excuse me for the noise again with cat dog. He's cat jumping dog, up. Jumping on the window. Yep, he's a song squirrel. for you. Little cat dog jumping on the window. Little cat dog, little cat dog. See, I just I just came up with a bluegrass song just then. Oh, I was telling somebody yesterday. I guess I don't I guess it was I don't remember, but anyway, I was telling somebody yesterday that this is the year I am going to snag you up and make you sit down and we're going to get some songs recorded. I would love to do that. I know. And I I would love for you to do that. And you got such a beautiful voice. And so I'm assuming, I'm assuming that harmony is fine with you, that it doesn't throw you off, that you're good with singing with harmonists and stuff. So, oh, yeah. In fact, you know, I well, you may not know, but I sang uh, alto and second soprano for years. So <laughs> I was the one doing the harmony then. And I can do harmony. I'm just not a natural harmonist. So, uh-huh. you know, if you were to sing the if you were to sing that uh, soprano line for something, it, it would take me a while. I wouldn't be able to just join in doing harmony, no. but I, I would get it sooner or later. I know you would. I, I mean, I'm absolutely positive about it. So we've I mean, got. I some, love this thing. Well, we we've got some good music. I've got some that's kind of bluegrassy. If I, I don't know if I can talk my band into doing this song. It's called Dead Billy. It's a, it's a light little bluegrass number about Billy Graham. Um, <laughs> Is it a murder ballad? <laughs> it. Some could take it that way. Yes, the, it's the ballad of. I know Dead who Billy. the I know who the Billy is. By the oh, way, yeah. Billy Graham. 
he was right in the forefront of my mind for a while, especially after he passed because his son, you know, started becoming more prominent, more out there, if you will. Showing his book. Okay, you said it. Uh, I just said it. I, I can't. I don't have nothing for him. Yeah, I, I, I don't know what to say. I'm just, I, I'm, I know the Graham family not well. I used to know the Graham family better than, than I do now. But at school, when I went to Asheville Christian, you see, that was a very Baptist school, uh-huh. and they didn't really have school buses. They had a van that would go around and pick up. If you needed a van, of course, we had people there who had all kinds of money. We had one gal who would show up. She would be limoed into school and she'd get out of the car and the the guy would come around and shut the door behind her and hand her her books and put her fur coat on her around her shoulders. And and then she'd walk 10 steps into class. (laughs) Golly. Anyway, you know, I, me. <laughs> I try real hard not to be resentful about rich people. And I, I don't know. I've just, I was just poor for so long and that stuff just flies all over me. You know, now we we're getting to see this thing. I never, it never entered my consciousness that there would be such a thing in the world as a super yacht. Cause it yeah. seems like a yacht is pretty damn super. Yeah. And I see these pictures on the news so-and-so super yacht, which is worth, you know, $6,800 million. Mm-hmm. And I just think, who the hell needs a super yacht? Well, they don't need one. They want one, and then they just get one. It's, uh, it's beyond my understanding. Yeah, but it's, I, I guess it's kind of like if you have a food situation and you can never get enough food. I, there are so many people in the world that can never get enough stuff. Never enough power, never enough fame, never enough. It's just never enough. They have this this gnawing pit inside of them, and they just go out and acquire and acquire and acquire, and it's never enough. And these people, they have the ability to really do some good in the world. They're too consumed with their own stuff to turn around and do that, though. And so it's like, for me, I, I, I resent them and I pity them. <laughs> well, that is such a, that's such a beautiful way to put it. But I can't do it. I can't do that. I can't pity them at all. At all, even a little. Even it's kind of like the situation that happens when people say, well, you know, my husband does beat me, but you have to understand he was beaten as a child. And I think, Yes, I do understand that. I understand that hurt people hurt people, but that does not excuse their behavior. No. I don't give them I don't give them a pass because they had a hard life. It's like you had a hard life, which you would think if you were at all conscious, you would not want to inflict on other people. And yet we are humans and that's what we do. There's a, a thing called theory of mind and or mind blind. And I know that that's what's going on with most everybody and you know it is that we all have a dysfunction or a whole bunch of them and I don't know what to say we just do I don't expect rich people to be perfect but this whole this I don't know I don't even get I just can't 
it's too big of a conversation for a little. I know, I know it is. (laughs) And I don't, I don't expect anybody to be perfect because we are all broken. And that, you know, that's the thing you learn as you get older, is you understand that everybody's broken. And a lot of people are broken in the same way. People are broken in different ways. People are all broken. But I see poor people and people with, you know, just a little bit extra going out of their way to help other people because they understand what it means to feed the children and you go hungry because it's more important to feed the children. Right. I, they, they understand that. So they want to make sure there's enough food that the youngins eat and the parents eat and the, and the teenage, everybody eats. Right. Right. You and, know, there's rednecks that they're the ones that are going to stop if you're broken down by the side of the road. And yep. I use that term redneck because that's what they'll call themselves. Well, yeah, that's and and they're the ones that'll stop and help you out. And, you know, they may not have much money. They probably worked a long, hard day and they'll still stop and help you out. And they don't have two pennies to rub together sometime. And then they see these other. Oh, yeah. Don't get. Uh, uh, nope, I know. Well, nope. I, so I'll, I'll be the generous one this time and say that my wish for humanity would be that everyone would have a generosity of spirit. Oh, yeah. Absolutely. And that in whatever way that feels appropriate. So if, you know, if you stop on your way home from work because you see somebody on the side of the road and you help them, that's a generosity of spirit. If you see that little children are hungry in Ethiopia and you've got and you're a billionaire, it just takes two or three phone calls to figure out the best way to get food into that country. You're talking about you're, so, you're being nice about it. I know what you're thinking. I think I know. I yeah. am. I am thinking that. But anyway, <laughs> uh, yeah. The the generosity of spirit. I'm gonna hold on to that because generosity is important. Well, it is. Right up there with hospitality. Yeah. Well, I actually. I've often joked about it, and you know, that I wouldn't wish wealth on anybody, but I'd be willing to take it on myself. (laughs) (laughs) Well, I think I think most people that are in the situation we are where, you know, we don't go bed. We don't go to bed hungry. Got a roof over our heads. We we manage to, you know, pay the taxes still barely. Barely. But. uh, Yeah, I don't know. I don't know. But. People like us, I think, I think if we had more money, we could do more. And I I don't, I would never want to be super wealthy, but I would like to have enough money so that when I hear that my friend had a terrible car crash and the car was totaled and they don't have any money and they got to have a car to get to work, you know, all those stories you hear all the time, every day that you could just call them up and say, I want you to pick out the car that's going to work for you. And then you have the dealer call me and just pay for it. Just pay for it and say, here, that's my gift to you because I love you and because you're valuable in the world. And because I can help. Yeah, that's what I'd like to do. That'd be nice, wouldn't it? You know, what's interesting. Mm -hmm. I've, I've got a circle of friends and you know, these people that I'm talking about and they're not wealthy at all. Uh, but you know, they have jobs, but they're definitely not wealthy. And I've watched them. One of them came in and he gave one of them a thousand dollars. 
when that when that guy was in a in a bad way. Yep. He just out of the clear blue gave the guy a thousand dollars and and completely fixed the situation by doing that. And then he said, I want you to, uh, you know, when the guy said, I can make payments and pay you back, he was like, nope, but I want you to pay it forward. Yeah. And so, okay, the guy said, all right, I will. And then I watched that guy do it. Yeah. And it's like, yeah, I like seeing that stuff. And we can do it to a smaller degree. And I hear about that stuff and it's cool. And well, and, and we've, we've done it too. I, I think about our little friend who, her mama was dying in Florida and she, you know, they called and said, if you want to see her, you need to get down here. And she didn't have any money and, and I didn't have enough money to buy her a ticket at that point. So I just put it out on Facebook and, you know, $10, $100. And all these people gave what they could. And if yeah. all they could give was $5, they at least went to the trouble to get $5. Yeah. And she, and had she got money, down to Florida. And she got down to Florida. And so you can do that. If you can't do it by yourself, you probably got enough friends that if you pool your resources, you can really make a difference in one person's life in that one starfish. Exactly right. So, you know, all this talk about what people could do if they had a little bit of money. Maybe yeah. some stuff. And I wanted to just run this by you. So I'm thinking about fundraising and I'm thinking about yeah. some of the weird fundraisers that I've been to and how creative people get with their fundraising. Mm -hmm. Like, you know, I was with this thing called uh, ECO in Hendersonville, Environmental Conservation Organization. And a gal named Mary Jo Padgett was the board director when I was with it. And we did this thing every year called the Earth Ball. And, huh. and the, th the, the slogan was dance for your mother. <laughs> <laughs> oh, I love that. Well, cool. and Manna used to do a blue jean ball. I remember that. <clears throat> yeah, where you didn't have to dress up. You just wore your jeans and paid a lot of money for a very worthy cause. I yeah, there's agree. lots of fun ways you can raise money. I, uh, I, I love some of the ideas. Do you remember the ways they used to raise money, like back in our day? You mean like spaghetti supper? Spaghetti supper was a good one. The cake sales or bake sales. Yeah. Uh, they do fish fry over at St. James over in uh, East at, in East End. They, they do still a do fish supper sometimes. Yeah, I see signs for it. They put up signs in the neighborhood and they'll say fish supper tonight uh, in the fellowship hall and say how much it is per plate. And you go away with a styrofoam plate with some of the best food you ever ate. Covered with a little bit of tin foil, and yeah, it makes them money, and they they fellowship around it, and yes. it makes money for whatever their project is. And oh, yeah. you know, with I mean, often with churches, what they're trying to do is fix something on the building that's broken. Yes, that they don't have the money to fix. So mm -hmm. yeah, and and a lot of the Eagle Scouts will go and do their projects, their final Eagle project at a church. They'll help with the sign, or they'll fix something, or something like that. Yeah, um, that's good. I, I remember the wagon train would do something like that. They'd sell boar meat barbecue. Mmm, uh, it was some of the daggone best barbecue I've ever had. Yeah. I'll never forget it. It was a little stringy, but it was it was so good. And 
what was that? Oh, you know, the <laughs> fire department. I guess it was the yeah. fire. Yeah, I think it was. No, it was a volunteer rescue department, squad. The those folks would do ramps and catfish. They'd sell them every year at have yeah. a big whatever you want to call it. And that was always fun. And then there were the ones that got a little bit weird uh, because I know the seventies were a little weird, but they were true. There was a big Freemason uh, contingency in, in the area there. A lot of folks were Masons or uh, the female version of it, which I can't remember now. What was the female version of Mason? Ilsa? Uh, uh, I, I know that you keep talking and I'll blurt it out. Yeah, and I'll probably do it too. They would, I want to say it's golden dawn, but that's a whole other thing. <laughs> yes, it is. Uh, it, oh, damn. Anyway, they had a thing called a womanless wedding. Oh my gosh. Yes. They used to do those all the time. I never understood. I, I mean, I didn't, as a child, I didn't understand straight what? or gay or whatever. No. And None of I us also did. didn't understand what was so hilarious about, I guess I didn't understand. I don't know, but the womanless weddings were hilarious. I think that back in the day, the idea of all those working men dressed up in mother of the bride costumes and, and yes. a big, big old white wedding dress. And they always had enormous red lips because they got, you know, got whatever their, their wife's Revlon was and they had these yes. big old red lips, but they were, it was like corporal clinger on mash. They'd have these hairy legs and they'd be wearing tottering around on uh, high heels and some of them would still have a beard and I just think it was the drag show of the day. Boy, seeing was people it. just being out out of their element. Yeah, but yeah, we've got pictures of my grandparents' church where they did a couple of women's weddings. I think probably in the fifties, so that was earlier than the seventies. But what now? What would have been the icing on the cake for that though? Is if the preacher had been a woman. <laughs> Because that really would have been kind of role reversal stuff. And maybe really the is. father, the father of the bride would have been a woman dressed up in a suit. Now that would have been that would have been funnier to me. I, you know, that would have been funny. I, I remember seeing it and the way that they did it for the one in Robbinsville, as far as I can remember anyway, is that it was kind of like the local well-known people were the ones that would dress up the well-known men I should say were the ones that would dress up and it would make people want to go so oh, I hear Mayor Frank is going to be you know oh I hear Doc so-and-so is going to be that kind of thing so it's like the local town celebrities if you will would would dress up and attend and the story was always the same it was just a bride walking down the aisle and that in itself would take 30 minutes by the time they were done with all the jokes and laughing and everything. And there'll be two or two or three bridesmaids there. And of course the, the mother of the bride is going to be there. And that mother of the bride, my grandfather was the mother of the bride one year and it was God, he was the ugliest <laughs> female I've ever seen. In my oh, life. I just, just think awful. it's hilarious. It is 
it is hilarious. And there would always be a shotgun. It was always uh-huh. a shotgun wedding. You remember that? Mm-hmm. And it's like this, this is what we did to raise money. And it usually happened in a church. Isn't that hilarious to think though now? If, if well, you, and they'd have a, they have a meal too. Uh, well, yeah, food. I mean, sometimes they would, but they'd have either a like a covered dish supper, and you would pay in your whatever amount of money, or they or somebody would be like, "Oh, it's the wedding meal," and you'd sit down and have you you know ham steak and potatoes and green beans. Yeah, that's I, exactly I love right. it. It's a lot of work, though. It was a lot of work, and it's like this was a time when you could afford to do that, when you had mm-hmm. everybody had a little more time, and it was just, well, I thought it was really creative, but I never did understand what the huge deal was about. Why would anybody care? Just because, just, now see, I grew up around Unto These Hills, that outdoor play through children. <laughs> yes, Unto <laughs> These Hills and Horny in the West. Remember horny in the West? <laughs> Did you say horny in the West? Yeah, we used to joke, call it horny in the West. <laughs> I know, it's silly. Oh, God, that's bad. That's awesome. <laughs> I know a lot of people who did those outdoor dramas because, you know, they'd have a big old, they'd have a, a statewide audition process. Yeah. And then you oh. could choose... The ones that you were willing to go live in, you know, damn Mantio. Yeah. Or Cherokee or wherever the heck you were going to live. Um, yeah. Corny in the West. Oh, yeah. I was talking to David, uh, David Mulkey, my old friend who's up in New York City. The one that I think he somehow auditioned for you or something. And he went to he went to Western and he remembered you from uh, uh, some speech or class or something you did over there and he frequently so we keep in touch through the years and he was telling me about barter theater in virginia oh yeah so you're aware of that yeah that's oh yeah they're still around are are they really i think so i mean i don't know after the pandemic what's still around art should never will never die there are people who will die for it but it'll never die do you think the do we still have monford park players yeah, 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 they're doing real well. In spite of the pandemic? Okay. Yeah. Man, I should do that this year. Well, I, I said that last year. So. <laughs> anyway. Well, it was it was a creative time back then in this and it was kind of a cheesy time too. I also remember some fundraisers where it was like a beauty contest. And and I just uh, with I just I don't know yeah. and there I, some of them were <laughs> some of them were misses. I remember a fashion show, and you should never consider really a fashion show in a place like Robbinsville because you know they don't know what fashion is. <laughs> I say that with love too because I think fashion is a trap. Oh, there are such pretty people out in Robbinsville. Yeah. <laughs> oh, they are. They got like you, you know, they got that pretty red hair and beautiful pink skin. There are a lot of red hair, blue eyed people in, in Robbinsville. There's a yeah. huge 
contingency of us. It's very normal. And the, you could definitely tell family strains too. You know, and it was, it's strange to, I, I remember I would go there and I felt like everybody knew me. And the thing is, is they didn't all know me, but if they ever wanted to, they could figure out who I was based on my hair, maybe my body type, or, you know, they could just ask the person beside them, oh, that's so-and-so's granddaughter. Oh, that's so-and-so's child. You know, everybody there, it was very important for them to know your family lineage. Oh, oh yeah, absolutely. In fact, yeah. when I was growing up, you, and it may still be the same, I don't know, but you were from wherever your grandmother was from. Mm -hmm. So if your grandmother was from Robbinsville, then you are from Robbinsville. Doesn't matter where you were born or where you grew up, that's where you're from. Right. And my, my grandmother was born, I mean, in the same neighborhood I'm in, in Buncombe County. Wow. So I am, a, I am from Buncombe County, but it, my family before that was in Madison and Haywood and Henderson County. And if I not, you know, just with the luck of the draw, I'm the generation that I can say Buncombe, but I'm, I would have just as easily said, oh, I'm from Henderson County, even if I'd never been to Henderson County, because that's where my grandmother was from. Isn't that uh, weird? No, I don't think that's weird. I think it's cool. It's what I think. Uh, and I, I also think that part of the reason that the lineage was so important is because you had to figure out if you could date somebody or breed with them or whatever. <laughs> Boy, there've been some, uh, there've been some tragedies over that, haven't they? <laughs> well, don't you know that's your first cousin once removed? <laughs> yeah, yeah, you do have to be careful about stuff like that. In a small town, in an area that's not got a large population, they don't have a big barrel of fish to choose from, do they? <laughs> no, no, that's absolutely true. Yeah, so anyway, and everybody seemed like they were related to everybody, was the other thing, and that sounds weird, but it's true. Anyway. I know, it, it. well, and everybody was in some kind of weird way. Yeah, yeah, so, well, you know, it was a simpler time, and you could, you could pay attention to stuff like that now. I think, I don't know what this new generation does. You think they just print out their DNA report and hand it to the other person or, yeah. or do they just <laughs> let their, their computers do that ahead of time? And they, they do like yeah. a robotic handshake and then make a decision or. <laughs> I, do, I do not, I do not know, but things have changed here. So you have more choices. You do. You do. So, well, I think I better get going. I've got to go and call my brother because we are going to go make ourselves be wealthy. That's what I decided talking to you today. I'm going to get some of that wealth stuff and see if see if I can hand it out to a few people. And I'm, I'm going to need my brother's help for it because he's got that technical know-how. We're, we're going to have a bio toilet. <laughs> What? We don't make them yet. And it just infuriates me that they don't. We should all be peeing in a bio toilet at this point. And uh, what I mean, a medical bio toilet. I mean, a toilet that will tell us if we have COVID. A toilet that will tell us. Oh, oh, yes. okay. So yes. not just a green, like a composting toilet, but one that will tell you all the stuff you are trying to avoid knowing. Well. <laughs> 
I know we've talked about it before, but honestly, it makes sense. You know, that's how they're determining uh, COVID numbers now. Yes, I, I, I saw I don't, that. I don't know if you noticed, but, I, or I don't know if you actually are still keeping track of it. But I am. You know how they're counting the COVID numbers and they give you the COVID percentage and all of that. So they were, uh, they were saying yesterday I was listening to it and they were like, oh, well, we are practically out of this here. We're at 2.5%. And I said, bullshit. As soon as I heard that. Uh-huh. What they're not doing is they're not counting on once they lifted the mask mandates. They also set it up so that the, the same places were not having to call in their numbers. So there's only, I, I believe it's only the hospital that is calling in, that's giving numbers now. And the, while well, that's good, because it means that people are getting COVID and their vaccines are kicking in or the meds that they're prescribing, if you get there early in your symptom stage, uh, are, are working and this variant's not as serious, but that's not the total number of cases. They're not being reported anymore. So I don't know that that's important or not, but y'all take note because this is our media and we're not getting the full story. And I know everybody out there is going to go, well, duh, but. Well, and we are not getting the full story because I go to the North Carolina Department of Health and Human Services website to their what do they call it the uh covid dashboard every right. day every right. day and at some point last week early last week they have the map of north carolina divided up by states and if it's light blue on your county it means there's not a big covid load but if it's dark blue and then there's like two blues in between mm -hmm. it's dark blue you are covered up with it Mm -hmm. So last week it was all Carolina blue and it was like, well, North Carolina, good for you. Everything is sunny. And, and about four days later, different darknesses of blue showed up and <laughs> there we are again, just the way that we used to be. Right. So but our local media, the, our local no, media they're saying everything is sunny and wonderful. And I have to wonder if they're, if part of the reason for that, I mean, obviously the number count, okay, they're just calling and getting it and repeating it. But but yeah. I'm wondering if tourism has anything to do with it. Oh, are you wondering that at all? Not really. I'm trying to be cool. No. <laughs> <laughs> I just it feels to me, and this is a phrase you use a lot, it feels to me like we're just whistling past the graveyard. It's like we can't deal with the potential World War Three, whatever the hell is going on in Eastern Europe. We can't deal with that. And also with this lingering pandemic, because mm. now we got, what, two more variations on this yeah. virus that have popped up. Yeah. And <laughs> yeah. And I know plenty of people that they got it. They got a little bit sick. They took care of themselves for a few days and then they just kept going, passing right. it around. Right. Right. And so, you know, in my mind, I've already kind Excuse of figured me. that it's with us to stay for Yep. A long while, or most likely for my whole life, I don't see it being erased because I don't see a mass vaccination happening anytime soon. The best we could get was not even close to good enough to really eradicate it. Mm -hmm. And with all these variants coming out, I mean, it's going to be like the flu. 
at some point, and we'll at some point know how to deal with it better than we do now. We're improving. We are. We are. We're also going into year three, which is really depressing. You know, and with with this potential world war going on, you know, today was the first day that they were talking about uh, North Korea jumping into it. These tyrants, Mm -hmm. they all need attention, don't they? And if one of them gets more than the others, maybe this is just our, yeah, you know, I don't know what to say about it. The divinators are and have been for a long time now. In, in a place of just, okay, this is it. And it's finally happened, whatever it is in their mind. I mean, we're all just like, we know. And I'm not even sure that this goes into the podcast, maybe on the Weirdlings page or something. But yeah, it's these times are serious. These things going on in these weird times are serious. So they're also bigger than what one single person can do, which is why we do better in groups and collectives and covens and, you know, with with people. Exactly right. Well, I got to say, I wrote a book about this that came out in 2018. And when people say to me, gosh, whoever could, why weren't people predicting this? And it's like people were predicting it, but you just didn't want to hear about it. You just didn't want to hear it. It was like, well, you're just so doom and gloom, doom and gloom. It's like, yes, I am. At this point, Sometimes. that's called clear sight. That, I, mean, I think so. It's uh, I've been accused of, of doom and gloom before as well. And I have to tell them, nah, I think I'm one of the most positive, optimistic people that I know. My, my natural is happy. So if something knocks me down, Eventually, I come back up and I go to happy again. But this situation that we're talking about now is is uh, it's serious situation. It and is. It's troubling. It is. And so, okay, let's just talk about it. You know, if you get a bad diagnosis medically, it's probably not a good idea to say nothing to the people that you care about. There are lots of people who do that and they think they're saving their family some problems or some heartache. There are other people who just can't, just can't face it. And so I know my place in the world and I know your place in the world is to speak it. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, Even if it's hard and even if it hurts. Yeah. I'd rather know the truth. Wouldn't you? I'd like to know the truth. (laughs) Yeah, I would. I would rather know. I mean, I'd like for it to be delivered in a way that feels compassionate. Yeah. <laughs> rather than have it yelled at me across the desk. But yeah, I'd rather know what's going on than not. Yeah. And so on that happy note, I think we need to probably, <laughs> probably wrap it up here. <laughs> yeah, this sounds like nice. a good thing for the weirdlings, doesn't it? Hey, weirdlings. Hey, weirdlings. We adore y'all. Well, good luck Saturday if you all get to go out hunting. Thank you. Thank you. I'm gonna be. Uh, I'm catching up on my books. I'm doing a lot of writing right now, but writing and gardening—that's all I'm trying to do before well, I hit the road again in another two weeks. Well, if you if you get some spare time and you wanna, feel free to give me a holler and we'll find some some way to get together. Maybe not just at at the shop, but outside. Yeah, doing something. yeah, that'd be good. That'd be real good. Okay. All right, y'all. Well, thanks for listening to us one more time. Oh yeah. We very much appreciate it. 
Yep, and appreciate, and you love the springtime that you got, if you got springtime. Some of you too far north, you don't quite have springtime yet, but it's coming. I promise, it's coming. <laughs> and for those yeah, of be good. Alicia, you be good. Hey, thank you for spending your time with us here at Weird Mountain Gals. We sure do appreciate it. You know, I know time is the most important thing we have, so I promise that if you take your time to listen to us, we'll take our time to continue to be weird. Many thanks to Sunslice Records for all the help. We couldn't do it without you, Craig. Check out our social media for information, community, or a few laughs. WYRD Mountain Gals. W-Y-R-D Radio Mountain